section eighteen of psychology of the unconscious by carl jung this librivox recording is in the public domain section eighteen chapter five part two thus the libido which lies inactive in the incestuous bond repressed and in fear of the law and the avenging father god can be led over into sublimation through the symbol of baptism birth from water and of generation spiritual birth through the symbol of the descent of the holy ghost thus man becomes a child again and is born into a circle of brothers and sisters but his mother is the communion of the saints the church and his circle of brothers and sisters is humanity with whom he is united anew in the common inheritance of the primitive symbol it seems that at the time in which christianity had its origin this process was especially necessary for that period as the result of the incredible contrast between slavery and the freedom of the citizens and masters had entirely lost the consciousness of the common bond of mankind one of the next and most essential reasons for the energetic regression to the infantile in christianity which goes hand in hand with the revival of the incest problem was probably to be found in the far-reaching depreciation of women at that time sexuality was so easily attainable that the result could only be a very excessive depreciation of the sexual object the existence of personal values was first discovered by christianity and there are many people who have not discovered it even in the present day however the depreciation of the sexual object hinders the outflow of that libido which cannot be satisfied by sexual activity because it belongs to an already desexualized higher order if it were not so a don juan could never be neurotic but the contrary is the case for how might those higher valuations be given to a worthless despised object therefore the libido after having seen a helen in every woman for so long a time sets out on a search for the difficult to obtain the worshipped but perhaps unattainable goal and which in the unconscious is the mother therefore the symbolic needs based on the incest resistance arise again in an increased degree which promptly transforms the beautiful sinful world of the olympian gods into incomprehensible dreamlike dark mysteries which with their accessions of symbols and obscure meaningful texts remove us very far from the religious feelings of that roman graeco world 
when we see how much trouble jesus took to make acceptable to nicodemus the symbolic perception of things that is to say really a repression and veiling over of the actual facts and how important it was for the history of civilization in general that people thought and still think in this way then we understand the revolt which it raised everywhere against the psychologic discovery of the true background of the neurotic or normal symbolism always and everywhere we encounter the odious realm of sexuality which represents to all righteous people of to-day something defiled however less than two thousand years have passed since the religious cult of sexuality was more or less openly in full bloom to be sure they were heathen and did not know better but the nature of religious power does not change from cycle to cycle if one has once received an effectual impression of the sexual contents of the ancient cults and if one realizes oneself that the religious experience that is the union with the god of antiquity was understood by antiquity as a more or less concrete coitus then truly one can no longer fancy that the mortar forces of a religion have suddenly become wholly different since the birth of christ exactly the same thing has occurred as with the hysteric who at first indulges in some quite unbeautiful infantile sexual manifestations and afterwards develops a hyperesthetic negation in order to convince every one of his special purity christianity with its repression of the manifest sexual is the negative of the ancient sexual cult the original cult has changed its tokens one only needs to realize how much of the gay paganism even to the inclusion of unseemly gods has been taken into the christian church thus the old indecent priapus celebrated a gay festival of resurrection in st tycon also partly in the physicians saints cosma and damian who graciously condescended to accept the membra virilia in wax at their festival st vallus of old memories emerges again to be worshipped in country chapels to say nothing of the rest of the paganism there are those who have not yet learned to recognize sexuality as a function equivalent to hunger and who therefore consider it as disgraceful that certain taboo institutions which were considered as asexual refuges are now recognized as overflowing with sexual symbolism those people are doomed to the painful realization that such is still the case in spite of their great revolt one must learn to understand that opposed to the customary habit of thought psychoanalytic thinking reduces and resolves those symbolic structures which have become more and more complicated through countless elaboration this means of a course of reduction which would be 
an intellectual enjoyment if the object were different but here it becomes distressing not only aesthetically but apparently also ethically because the repressions which are to be overcome have been brought about by our best intentions we must commence to overcome our virtuousness with the certain fear of falling into baseness on the other side this is certainly true for virtuousness is always inwardly compensated by a great tendency towards baseness and how many profligates are there who inwardly preserve a mawkish virtue and moral megalomania both categories of men turn out to be snobs when they come in contact with analytic psychology because the moral man has imagined an objective and cheap verdict on sexuality and the unmoral man is entirely unaware of the vulgarity of his sexuality and of his incapacity for an unselfish love one completely forgets that one can most miserably be carried away not only by a vice but also by a virtue there is a fanatic orgiastic self-righteousness which is just as base and which entails just as much injustice and violence as a vice at this time when a large part of mankind is beginning to discard christianity it is worth while to understand clearly why it was originally accepted it was accepted in order to escape at last from the brutality of antiquity as soon as we discard it licentiousness returns as impressively exemplified by life in our large modern cities this step is not a forward step but a backward one it is as with individuals who have laid aside one form of transference and have no new one without fail they will occupy regressively the old path of transference to their great detriment because the world around them has since then essentially changed he who is repelled by the historical and philosophical weakness of the christian dogmatism and the religious emptiness of an historical jesus of whose person we know nothing and whose religious value is partly talmudic partly hellenic wisdom and discards christianity and therewith christian morality is certainly confronted with the ancient problem of licentiousness to-day the individual still feels himself restrained by the public hypocritical opinion and therefore prefers to lead a secret separate life but publicly to represent morality it might be different if men in general all at once found the moral mask too dull and if they realized how dangerously their beasts lie in wait for each other and then truly a frenzy of demoralization might sweep over humanity this is the dream the wish dream of the morally limited man of to-day he forgets necessity which strangles men and robs them of their breath and which with a stern hand interrupts every passion it must not be imputed to me that i am wishing to refer the libido back by analytical reduction to the primitive almost conquered stages entirely forgetting the fearful misery this would entail for humanity 
indeed some individuals would let themselves be transported by the old-time frenzy of sexuality from which the burden of guilt has been removed to their own greatest detriment but these are the ones who under other circumstances would have prematurely perished in some other way however i well know the most effectual and most inexorable regulator of human sexuality this is necessity with this leaden weight human lust will never fly too high to-day there are countless neurotics who are so simply because they do not know how to seek happiness in their own manner they do not even realize where the lack lies and besides these neurotics there are many more normal people and precisely people of the higher type who feel restricted and discontented for all these reduction to the sexual elements should be undertaken in order that they may be reinstated into the possession of their primitive self and thereby learn to know and value its relation to the entire personality in this way alone can certain requirements be fulfilled and others be repudiated as unfit because of their infantile character in this way the individual will come to realize that certain things are to be sacrificed although they are accomplished but in another sphere we imagine that we have long renounced sacrificed and cut off our incest wish and that nothing of it is left but it does not occur to us that this is not true but that we unconsciously commit incest in another territory in religious symbols for example we come across incest we consider the incestuous wish vanished and lost and then rediscover it in full force in religion this process or transformation has taken place unconsciously in secular development just as in part one it is shown that a similar unconscious transformation of the libido is an ethically worthless pose and with which i compared the christianity of early roman antiquity where evidently licentiousness and brutality were strongly resisted so here i must remark in regard to the sublimation of the incestuous libido that the belief in the religious symbol has ceased to be an ethical ideal but it is an unconscious transformation of the incest wish into symbolic acts and symbolic concepts which cheat men as it were so that heaven appears to them as a father and earth as a mother and the people upon it children and brothers and sisters thus man can remain a child for all time and satisfy his incest wish all unawares this state would doubtless be ideal if it were not infantile and therefore merely a one-sided wish which maintains a childish attitude the reverse is anxiety much is said of pious people who remain unshaken in their trust in god and wander unswervingly safe and blessed through the world i have never seen this chitter yet it is probably a wish figure the rule is great uncertainty among believers which they drown with fanatical cries among themselves or among others moreover they have religious doubts 
moral uncertainty doubts of their own personality feelings of guilt and deepest of all great fear of the opposite aspect of reality against which the most highly intelligent people struggle with all their force this other side is the devil the adversary or expressed in modern terms the corrective of reality of the infantile world picture which has been made acceptable through the predominating pleasure principle but the world is not a garden of god of the father but a place of terrors not only is heaven no father and earth no mother and the people not brothers nor sisters but they represent hostile destroying powers to which we are abandoned the more surely the more childishly and thoughtlessly we have entrusted ourselves to the so-called fatherly hand of god one should never forget the harsh speech of the first napoleon that the good god is always on the side of the heaviest artillery the religious myth meets us here as one of the greatest and most significant human institutions which despite misleading symbols nevertheless gives man assurance and strength so that he may not be overwhelmed by the monsters of the universe the symbol considered from the standpoint of actual truth is misleading indeed but it is psychologically true because it was and is the bridge to all the greatest achievements of humanity but this does not mean to say that this unconscious way of transformation of the incest wish into religious exercises is the only one or the only possible one there is also a conscious recognition and understanding with which we can take possession of this libido which is bound up in incest and transformed into religious exercises so that we no longer need the stage of religious symbolism for this end it is thinkable that instead of doing good to our fellow-men for the love of christ we do it from the knowledge that humanity even as ourselves could not exist if among the herd the one could not sacrifice himself for the other this would be the course of moral autonomy of perfect freedom when man could without compulsion wish that which he must do and this from knowledge without delusion through belief in the religious symbols it is a positive creed which keeps us infantile and therefore ethically inferior although of the greatest significance from the cultural point of view and of imperishable beauty from the aesthetic standpoint this delusion can no longer ethically suffice humanity striving after moral autonomy the infantile and moral danger lies in belief in the symbol because through that we guide the libido to an imaginary reality the simple negation of the symbol changes nothing for the entire mental disposition remains the same we merely remove the dangerous object but the object is not dangerous the danger is our own infantile mental state for love of which we have lost something very beautiful and ingenious through the simple abandonment of the religious symbol i think belief should be replaced by understanding 
then we would keep the beauty of the symbol but still remain free from the depressing results of submission to belief this would be the psychoanalytic cure for belief and disbelief the vision following upon that of the city is that of a strange fir-tree with gnarled branches this vision does not seem extraordinary to us after all that we have learned of the tree of life and its associations with the city and the waters of life this especial tree seems simply to continue the category of the mother symbols the attribute strange probably signifies as in dreams a special emphasis that is a special underlying complex material unfortunately the author gives us no individual material for this as the tree already suggested in the symbolism of the city is particularly emphasized through the further development of miss miller's visions here i find it necessary to discuss at some length the history of the symbolism of the tree it is well known that trees have played a large part in the cult myth from the remotest times the typical myth tree is the tree of paradise or of life which we discover abundantly used in babylonian and also in jewish lore and in pre-christian times the pine tree of Addis, the tree or trees of mithra in germanic mythology yggdrasil and so on the hanging of the Addis image on the pine tree the hanging of marsyas which became a celebrated artistic motive the hanging of odin the germanic hanging sacrifices indeed the whole series of hanged gods teaches us that the hanging of christ on the cross is not a unique occurrence in religious mythology but belongs to the same circle of ideas as others in this world of imagery the cross of christ is the tree of life and equally the wood of death this contrast is not astounding just as the origin of man from trees was a legendary idea so there were also burial customs in which people were buried in hollow trees from that the german language retains even now the expression totenbaum tree of death for a coffin keeping in mind the fact that the tree is predominantly a mother symbol then the mystic significance of this manner of burial can be in no way incomprehensible to us the dead are delivered back to the mother for rebirth we encounter this symbol in the osiris myth handed down by plutarch which is in general typical in various aspects rhea is pregnant with osiris at the same time also with isis osiris and isis mate even in the mother's womb motive of the night journey on the sea with incest their son is aruerus later called horus it is said of isis that she was born in absolute humidity tetraparte on lera and mapata in the fourth place isis was born in absolute humidity it is said of osiris that a certain 
epimiles in thebes heard a voice from the temple of zeus while drawing water which commanded him to proclaim that osiris was born phalos bathapaeus evapens osiris the great beneficent king osiris in honour of this the pamilion were celebrated they were similar to the phalophorion pamilus is a phallic demon similar to the original dionysus the myth reduced wreaths osiris and isis were generated by phallus from the water mother womb in the ordinary manner Cronos had made rhea pregnant the relation was secret and rhea was his sister helios however observed it and cursed the relation osiris was killed in a crafty manner by the god of the underworld typhon who locked him in a chest he was thrown into the nile and so carried out to sea osiris however made it in the underworld with his second sister nephthys motive of the night journey to the sea with incest one sees here how the symbolism is developed in the mother womb before the outward existence osiris commits incest in death the second intrauterine existence osiris again commits incest both times with a sister who is simply substituted for the mother as a legal uncensured symbol since the marriage with a sister in early antiquity was not merely tolerated but was really commended zarathustra also recommended the marriage of kindred this form of myth would be impossible to-day because cohabitation with a sister being incestuous would be repressed the wicked typhon entices osiris craftily into a box or chest this distortion of the true state of affairs is transparent the original sin caused men to wish to go back into the mother again that is the incestuous desire for the mother condemned by law is the ruse supposedly invented by typhon the fact is the ruse is very significant man tries to sneak into rebirth through subterfuge in order to become a child again an early egyptian hymn even raises an accusation against the mother isis because she destroys the sun-god ray by treachery it was interpreted as the ill-will of the mother towards her son that she banished and betrayed him the hymn describes how isis fashioned a snake put it in the path of ray and how the snake wounded the sun-god with a poisonous bite from which wound he never recovered so that finally he had to retire on the back of the heavenly cow but this cow is the cow-headed goddess just as osiris is the bull apis the mother is accused as if she were the cause of man flying to the mother in order to be cured of the wound which she had herself inflicted this wound is the prohibition of incest man is thus cut off from the hopeful certainty of childhood and early youth from all the unconscious instinctive happenings which permit the child to live as an appendage of his parents unconscious of himself 
there must be contained in this many sensitive memories of the animal age where there was not any thou shalt and thou shalt not but all was just simple occurrence even yet a deep animosity seems to live in man because a brutal law has separated him from the instinctive yielding to his desires and from the great beauty of the harmony of the animal nature this separation manifested itself among other things in the incest prohibition and its correlates laws of marriage etc therefore pain and anger relate to the mother as if she were responsible for the domestication of the sons of men in order not to become conscious of his incest wish his backward harking to the animal nature the son throws all the burden of the guilt on the mother from which arises the idea of the terrible mother the mother becomes for him a spectre of anxiety a nightmare after the completed night journey to the sea the chest of osiris was cast ashore by byblos and lay in the branches of an erica which grew around the coffin and became a splendid tree the king of the land had the tree placed as a column under his roof during this period of osiris's absence the winter solstice the lament customary during thousands of years for the dead god and his return occurs and its epitheos is a feast of joy a passage from the mournful quest of isis is especially noteworthy she flutters like a swallow lamenting around the column which encloses the god sleeping in death this same motive returns in the kifhauser saga later on typhon dismembers the corpse and scatters the pieces we come upon the motive of dismemberment in countless sun myths namely the inversion of the idea of the composition of the child in the mother's womb in fact the mother isis collects the pieces of the body with the help of the jackal-headed anubis she finds the corpse with the help of dogs here the nocturnal devourers of bodies the dogs and jackals become the assistants of the composition of the reproduction the egyptian vulture owes its symbolic meaning as mother to this necrophagic habit in persian antiquity the corpses were thrown out for the dogs to devour just as to-day in the indian funeral pyres the removal of the carcasses is left to the vultures persia was familiar with the custom of leading a dog to the bed of one dying whereupon the latter had to present the dog with a morsel the custom on its surface evidently signifies that the morsel is to belong to the dog so that he will spare the body of the dead precisely as cerberus was soothed by the honey-cakes which hercules gave to him in the journey to hell but when we bear in mind the jackal-headed anubis who rendered his good services in the gathering together of the dismembered osiris and the mother significance of the vulture then the question arises whether something deeper was not meant by this ceremony kreutzer has also concerned himself with this idea and has come to the conclusion that the astral form of the dog ceremony that is the appearance of sirius the dog star at the period of the sun's highest position is related to this 
in that the introduction of the dog has a compensatory significance death being thereby made reversedly equal to the sun's highest position this is quite in conformity with psychologic thought which results from the very general fact that death is interpreted as entrance into the mother's womb rebirth this interpretation would seem to be supported by the otherwise enigmatic function of the dog in the sacrificium mithriacum in the monuments a dog always leaps up upon the bull killed by mithra however this sacrifice is probably to be interpreted through the persian legend as well as through the monument as the moment of the highest fecundity the most beautiful expression of this is seen upon the magnificent mithra relief of hedernheim upon one side of a large stone slab formerly probably rotating is seen the stereotyped overthrowing and sacrifice of the bull but upon the other side stands soul with a bunch of grapes in his hand mithra with the cornucopia the dadophores with fruits corresponding to the legend that all fecundity proceeds from the dead bull of the world fruits from the horns wine from its blood grain from the tail cattle from its sperma leek from its nose and so on sylvanus stands above this scene with the animals of the forest arising from him the significance suspected by kreutzer might very easily belong to the dog in this connection let us now turn back to the myth of osiris in spite of the restoration of the corpse accomplished by isis the resuscitation succeeds only incompletely in so far as the phallus of osiris cannot again be produced because it was eaten by the fishes the power of life was wanting osiris as a phantom once more impregnated isis but the fruit is harpocrates who was feeble in tois yolos in the lower limbs that is corresponding to the significance of theof at the feet here as is plainly evident foot is used in the phallic meaning this incurability of the setting sun corresponds to the incurability of ray in the above-mentioned older egyptian sun hymn osiris although only a phantom now prepares the young son his son horus for a battle with typhon the evil spirit of darkness osiris and horus correspond to the father-son symbolism mentioned in the beginning which symbolic figure corresponding again to the above formulation is flanked by the well-formed and ugly figures of horus and harpocrates the latter appearing mostly as a cripple often represented distorted to a mere caricature he is confused in the tradition very much with horus with whom he also has the name in common hor pi crude as his real name reads is composed from crude child and hor from the adjective three equals up on top and signifies the upcoming child as the rising sun and opposed to osiris who personifies the setting sun the sun of the west thus osiris and horpicrude or horus are one being both husband and son of the same mother hathor isis the kadam ra the sun-god of lower egypt represented as a ram 
has at his side as the female divinity of the land hat mahit who wears the fish on her head she is the mother and wife of bai neb did ram local name of chanum ra in the hymn of hibis amon ra was invoked thy chum ram dwells in mendes united as the quadruple god thumuis he is the phallus the lord of the gods the bull of his mother rejoices in the cow ahet the mother and man fructifies through his semen in further inscriptions hot mahit was directly referred to as the mother of mendes mendes is the greek form of by nebdid ram she is also invoked as the good with the additional significance of ta nofert or young woman the cow as symbol of the mother is found in all possible forms and variations of hathor isis and also in the female nun parallel to this is the primitive goddess nit or neith the protoplasm which related to the hindu atman is equally of masculine and feminine nature none is therefore invoked as amon the original water which is in the beginning he is also designated as the father of fathers the mother of mothers to this corresponds the invocation to the female side of nun amon of nit or neith nit the ancient the mother of god the mistress of esne the father of fathers the mother of mothers who is the beetle and the vulture the being in its beginning nit the ancient the mother who bore the light god ra who bore first of all when there was nothing which brought forth the cow the ancient which bore the sun and then laid the germ of gods and men the word nun has the significance of young fresh new also the oncoming waters of the nile flood in a transferred sense nun was also used for the chaotic primitive waters in general for the primitive generating matter which was personified by the goddess nunet from her nut sprang the goddess of heaven who was represented with a starry body and also as the heavenly cow with a starry body when the sun-god little by little retires on the back of the heavenly cow just as poor lazarus returns into abraham's bosom each has the same significance they return into the mother in order to rise as horus thus it can be said that in the morning the goddess is the mother at noon the sister-wife and in the evening again the mother who receives the dying in her lap reminding us of the pieta of michelangelo as shown by the illustration from diderot's iconographie chrétienne this thought has been transferred as a whole into christianity thus the fate of osiris is explained he passes into the mother's womb the chest the sea the tree the column of ashtarts he is dismembered reformed and reappears again in his son hor pi crude before entering upon the further mysteries which the beautiful myth reveals to us there is still much to be said about the symbol of the tree osiris lies in the branches of the tree surrounded by them as in the mother's womb the motive of embracing and entwining is often found in the sun myths meaning that it is the myth of rebirth a good example is the sleeping beauty also the legend of the girl who is enclosed between the bark and the trunk but who is freed by a youth with his horn the horn is of gold and silver which hints at the sunbeam in the phallic meaning compare the previous legend of the horn 
an exotic legend tells of the sun hero how he must be freed from the plant entwining around him a girl dreams of her lover who has fallen into the water she tries to save him but first has to pull seaweed and sea grass from the water then she catches him in an african myth the hero after his act must first be disentangled from the seaweed in a polynesian myth the hero's ship was encoiled by the tentacles of a gigantic polyp ray's ship is encoiled by a night serpent on its night journey on the sea in the poetic rendering of the history of buddha's birth by sir edwin arnold the light of asia page five the motive of an embrace is also found queen maya stood at noon her days fulfilled under a palso in the palace grounds a stately trunk straight as a temple shaft with crown of glossy leaves and fragrant blooms and knowing the time come for all things new the conscious tree bent down its boughs to make a bower about queen maya's majesty and earth put forth a thousand sudden flowers to spread a couch while ready for the bath the rock hard by gave out a limpid stream of crystal flow so brought she forth the child we come across a very similar motive in the cult legend of the samian hera yearly it was claimed that the image disappeared from the temple was fastened somewhere on the seashore on a trunk of a ligos tree and wound about with its branches there it was found and was treated with wedding cake this feast is undoubtedly a iapus phanus ritual marriage because in samos there was a legend that zeus had first had long continued secret love relation with hera in plataea and argos the marriage procession was represented with bridesmaids marriage feast and so on the festival took place in the wedding month Thialiatho, beginning of february but in plataea the image was previously carried into a lonely place in the wood approximately corresponding to the legend of plutarch that zeus had kidnapped hera and then had hidden her in a cave of cithaeron according to our deductions previously made we must conclude from this that there is still another train of thought namely the magic charm of rejuvenation which is condensed in the hieroscosmos the disappearance and hiding in the wood in the cave on the seashore entwined in a willow tree points to the death of the sun and rebirth the early springtime thealathea the time of marriage in february fits in with that very well in fact parsanius informs us that the argivan hera became a maiden again by a yearly bath in the spring of canathos the significance of the bath is emphasized by the information that in the plataean cult of hera Talia, tritonian nymphs appeared as water carriers in a tale from the iliad where the conjugal couch of zeus upon mount ida is described it is said the son of saturn spake and took his wife into his arms while underneath the pair the sacred earth threw up her freshest herbs the dewy lotus and the crocus flower and thick and soft the hyacinth all these upbore them from the ground upon this couch they lay while o'er them a bright golden cloud gathered and shed its drops of glistening dew so slumbered on the heights of gargoyles the all-father overcome by sleep and love and held his consort in his arms translated by w c bryant drexler recognizes in this description an unmistakable allusion 
to the garden of the gods on the extreme western shore of the ocean an idea which might have been taken from a pre-homeric hierogosmos hymn this western land is the land of the setting sun whither hercules gilgamesh etc hasten with the sun in order to find their immortality where the sun and the maternal sea unite in an eternally rejuvenating intercourse our supposition of a condensation of the hieroscamus with the myth of rebirth is probably confirmed by this pausanias mentions a related myth fragment where the statue of artemis orthia is also called lygodesma chained with willows because it was found in a willow tree this tale seems to be related to the general greek celebration of hierogosmus with the above-mentioned customs end of section eighteen